Panther Nation. I'm your host of the Prow Report, the one and only Panther Guru. Joined by co-host Carolina Dave. What's going on, Panther Nation? How you doing, Panther Guru? Dave, I'm upset, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm upset. I'm bringing my usual guru energy to the podcast, but I'm telling you, I am furious. Yeah. Um, I appreciate you always positive and you keep your, uh, keep your hopes up and you keep, you always have a positive mindset on this podcast. But, um, yeah, I think even, even this game got to everybody and you're definitely representing the voice of Panthers fans right now for sure. Yeah. It's gotta, it's gotta be ridiculous at this point to think that, you know, the Panthers are satisfied with the performance that we put up against the Minnesota Vikings. We were absolutely demolishing them. The game was in hand. The defense was playing excellent. Jeremy Chin was playing one for the ages. Everything seemed to be rolling, and I don't understand what what the coaching staff was even thinking. Yeah, well, let's get into it. Let's try to get through this painful game review, and you've kind of went into it. Uh, we don't really need to bore the fans with the analytics. Um this is more of a soap soapbox game review. Like you said, we were looking good. Defense was actually playing good for the first half. Um, the if if they would have won the game, the the headline would have been uh, Jeremy Chin double chin with his uh, two touchdowns. But uh, with just so many so many different phases of meltdown in the fourth quarter between the with four minutes to go, the offense just lays an egg and. Uh, can't even sustain a drive to uh, punting and re uh, a fumble, a muff punt, and they fall on it. And at the nine-yard line, they can't even punch it in. And then the defense uh, doesn't blitz on the two-minute drive and falls back into that uh, three-man front that all that we have been cursing about pretty much as a as a unit, as a Panther, as Panther Nation. We don't want to see no more and. The co- it seemed like the coaching staff had heard our voice, and not that our voice really matters because coaching staff's going to do what they got to do. But uh, I guess they definitely seen it wasn't working. But old habits die hard, I guess. And then uh, came down to the field goal after a tremendous catch by Curtis Samuel that Teddy threw up, and um, horrible day for Teddy and horrible day for Panther Nation because it ended with a uh, field goal that. We all knew as soon as it as soon as it hit his foot that it was. I mean, he almost kicked that thing into Wisconsin <laughs> instead of through the uprights. It was just he 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 was a horrible kick. But that's all we got to say to that. Um, I mean, I guess all we could go over right now is who do you who do you blame for this game? Who you got? Who you can put the blame on? I'm putting the the blame on coaching. You know, at the end of the day, it, the players they have to go out and execute. But I can't believe that this coaching staff was really comfortable with a lot of the plays that they called. On offense, I was really wondering, you know, we talked a lot about Joe Brady getting head coaching opportunities. And, man, I think he might have just shot himself in the foot after the debacle that was this Minnesota game. And then when you look at the uh, opposite side on the defensive side, what was what was Phil Snow even thinking? You have a person like Kirk Cousins who gladly would love to just dink and dunk his way down the field with, with at least a minute and a half on the clock, and yeah. we had to allow him to do so. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, definitely coaching. I mean, how can you not blame them for sure? But uh, I'm going to uh, spread the blame out like uh, Thanksgiving leftovers that nobody wants to take home, but you force them to take home. I'm going to give some nasty Thanksgiving leftovers of blame, a blame plate to Teddy Bridgewater for uh, barely making over 50% completions on his on his passes. I'm going to blame the defense for the uh, fourth quarter, the, the final drive meltdown. Somebody needs to step up and make a stop. And obviously the coaching staff, I mean, they just run the ball. when you With four minutes left, run the football. They were running it, you know, eating up clock, and they went three straight passes, I believe, to make them punt. And then obviously uh, Joey Sly, you got to give him some, some blame too. He's been – if he's on if he's on the team next year, we got some problems. That's just another issue, another personnel issue that we got to worry about during the offseason because I think Sly's got to go now. Yeah, he's way too inconsistent. He's making Gano look like a genius, and Gano actually, um, sorry to say this, Panthers fans already converted over ninety percent of his field goals elsewhere. Yeah, he, and he got re-signed. He's been killing it. And another kicker that we let go off, we put on the practice squad a squad a long time ago. That's uh, looking great in Kansas City is Harrison Butker. I mean, we drafted him and put him on the practice squad, and Kansas City scooped him up a couple years ago. So it's just we were going to replace Gano, held back. Then we thought Joey Sly was the answer, and now Gano is killing it up in New York. So it's just the kicking woes. It's like the kicking woes and the offensive tackle woes. There is a permanent fixture for the Carolina Panthers, it seems like. Absolutely. Oh, man. So I think the only thing now that we can do really is just look forward. Um, I'm not one to call for tanking. And the spirits have been so low that we even canceled our giveaway. And sorry to all the Panthers fans out there for even having to do that. The woes just go deeper and deeper and deeper. We almost killed ourselves out of playoff contention. I'll go ahead and briefly touch on that now. We wasn't really going to talk about it, but I came across a really interesting article by The Athletic. They ran the 2020 to 2021 projected regular season. They've got the Panthers projected to finish 5-11. and 11, And we almost had a 0.9% chance of making the playoffs. So, obviously, you know, most they're saying that we'll probably win one more game, if that. Yeah, most likely that would be against the Broncos, if I had to pick. Because not even the Washington football team is a shoe-in because they're, trying, they're fighting for their lives to win a division, which they are very alive in right now. So. Absolutely. So yeah, I think uh, I think that what we need to talk about now is uh, where do you you read you mentioned that article? Where do you see us uh, end up in the draft? Sure, actually, it's uh, talk about us being projected to be drafting um, at position number five, and I'm fine with that. I would love to have the fifth pick in the overall draft. Um, of course, I hate losing just as much as the next guy. Trust me. Panther Nation, don't think I'm over here talking about, okay, I'm fine with losing. Yeah, I hate losing as much as the next man. But at the same time, I don't like to win meaningless games and ruin our draft position where we could get our uh, our hands on a really, really good player and then turn ourselves into what the Miami Dolphins and um, Buffalo and I think there's one more team. The Miami Dolphins, Buffalo, and there's another team and I'm saying these teams, I'm mentioning them because they've changed their fortunes almost overnight. Yeah. You know, the did it. The Dolphins did it. And also the Colts. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they 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 draft, they loaded up on defense and they got a nasty defense. Exactly. So Panther Nation, take heart. I'm not saying that we have to sit here and tanking is so much fun and everything like that. No, it's not fun. Losing isn't fun either. But after that loss to the Vikings, we have got to rebuild our team. Yeah. And that starts a really good player in the draft again, just like we did this year. We got Jeremy Chin. We got Christian McCaffrey. We got a lot of good players that we drafted first overall that were studs. So you have to feel confident that we're going to get an all-pro player. Well, Jeremy Chin, of course, was in a, a first-round draft pick. But I'm saying with the way that the drafts have been going, you have to be like elated if you're a Panthers fan and know that we're going to get an all-pro mm-hmm. every single draft. Yeah, we're and and I, I don't I I know tanking is such a uh, a word that's frowned on, and I try not to use it. I prefer I prefer like at this point just shut it down. I mean, don't let McCaffrey back out there. He's only played three games. Don't let if they, don't, do, they do that. They're crazy. Yeah, and I rules probably going to listen to him, and you know maybe let him back out there, but don't let him don't let him back out there. Let it, I mean. He 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 is the best player on your team, and a lot of people forget that because we haven't seen him this much that much this year. Brian Burns is having a great season. He is. He's the best defensive player on our team. I mean, some you could argue Jeremy Chin, but I think consistently uh, Brian Burns is the best de- defender we got. But McCaffrey is the best offensive weapon in the league. Not even just. And not even just like running back. I'm talking. He, I, I think McCaffrey is better than DK Metcalf, Tyree Kill, Alvin Kamara. How, however you want to, you know, whatever you want to go with, that's fine. I mean, I think McCaffrey is the best when healthy, obviously. But right now he's not because he's not healthy. But like you said, top five, number five, um, with us winning one more game, that could bump us to the number six to ten line. Um, I think I think we'll be anywhere from five to seven in the draft order. Yeah. Uh, I could yeah. see us, like you said, winning one more, and I would I would say that one more game would be Denver. Or even Denver could beat us, and maybe the only team we beat is the Saints team because they've locked up the number one seed or something like that, which they might not They might not shut it down to because I think the uh, Packers are only one game behind them. So yeah. they, might have to, they yeah. might have to play their starters or at least everybody but Drew Brees all the way to the end. So, and if that's the case, they'll probably definitely beat us. So we could end up even four and twelve. I think the Broncos are our best chance to win another game, but one game's not going to get you anything, as we discussed. So yeah, I'm definitely as much as it pains me to say, and uh, I wasn't raised this way at all. But uh, it's time to shut it down. I mean, we talked about last week uh, facing that facing that uh, cold hard truth that it might be time to shut it down if we go out and lose the Minnesota game. Obviously, neither one of us seen that happening. We thought we might go on a little little run. But with, with the game like that, losing like that, uh, it's time to look forward to next year because, I mean, this year's over. I mean, you're pretty much mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. You re, you, you've seen the research. So, uh, with that being said, a lot of teams are looking for uh, a new quarterback in Carolina. Um Let's see what who do you think the top ten or top five quarterbacks in this year's draft is going to be. Sure, I mean, well, I mean, <clears throat> if we're just taking a look at who's available, of course you got Trey Lance, you've got Justin Fields, you've got the headliner and Trevor Lawrence, and outside of those three, I don't think that there's any other notables. 
Yeah, I got uh, the, other, the other two notables that I – I mean, they're not notables, but, I mean, you know how the, the draft goes. People start panicking and they start drafting quarterbacks just, just to have them so, in some drafts. It wasn't necessarily what happened last year because you had the three top three quarterbacks go after uh, Herbert. The next quarterback went was Jordan Love, which shocked the world. But uh, the other two that you could see go in the first round is uh, Zach Wilson and Kyle Trask. Wilson's out of BYU, and uh, Trask is out of uh, Florida. So, yes. with that being said, uh, like I said, a lot of people are calling for Teddy's uh, job to be taken from him because of. I mean, he has been. Uh, he's played decent to well. He hasn't played excellent or great. He's played decent to well. And if that makes sense, and in, in if I had to put into to words what his performance has been as a total body of work this year, um, like I say, I I don't I don't necessarily want the Panthers to draft a quarterback in the first round, but I could see if they do. But like, I mean, you got to think Lawrence and Fields are going one and two if if the order stays the way it is with. Uh, the Jets and the Jaguars. So maybe Lance, I mean, he'll probably go fat, uh, quick. Lance, Trask, and uh, Wilson are going to be, maybe those three or at least two of those three are going to be there. And you just got to ask yourself, um, is that who you, who you think the Panthers should, if you're, if you're the Panthers, do you want those three, one of those three quarterbacks? Cause they're probably going to, at least, at least one of them is going to be there. Cause you think Cincinnati's going to probably be three and they don't need a quarterback. And there's some other teams that are going to be before us maybe that don't need quarterbacks. But if I'm the Carolina Panthers, we've mentioned it before, we need defense. There's a lot of offensive players. I think other than wide receiver or running back, you take the best player available. Absolutely. Um, and, and this is an interesting aside about that. Honestly, I'm, I'm going to go here and play devil's advocate. I don't believe that the Panthers are going to draft a quarterback at all unless they can somehow get their hands on either Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. And the reason why I say that is because, honestly, there are so many other monsters in this draft as far as position-wise and needs-wise that the Panthers might want to go ahead and take a look at. Notably, we've talked about this before, that being the offensive uh, tackle position and also the cornerback position. You have elite-level talent. In my opinion, this is a pretty deep draft when it comes to cornerback, but you have elite-level talent that the Panthers could really target. They could get their number one cornerback if they focus on that position. But at drafting at number five, they're still in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstake. But that's only if they could somehow talk the New York Jets into trading that pick. And the only way I see that happening is if they offer the, the Jets something like they cannot refuse. And I just don't see it have the Panthers having enough assets unless it's multiple first-round picks, to be able to give up to get Trevor Lawrence. Or and or if Trevor Lawrence threatens going back to college over playing for yeah. the New York Jets. That's been a headline. Um, I actually watched a press conference with uh, Trevor Lawrence because he just played his last game, uh, supposedly his last game at home in Clemson this past Saturday. And he said, uh, I'll paraphrase it, but he pretty much said that – you know, this if that was the plan at the beginning of the year for this to be my last season, and if this is my last game here, you know, I like to thank all the coaches, blah, blah, blah. So he kind of left the door open. We don't know. There's been a lot of 
hey, does he want to go there? Does he want to pull an Elon Manning and stuff like that? No, I know a lot of people frowned on it, but uh, I mean, Elon Manning walked away with two Super Bowls. Well, let's look back on. Oh, if if Andrew Luck never went back to school his his year when he was supposed to come out, we would have actually drafted Andrew Luck over. Yeah, Jimmy. you're definitely right. So. I mean, the draft is crazy. I mean, you, who knows? I don't. Trevor Lawrence doesn't, you know, strike me as that kind of kid to do that. He seems uh, very respectful, very nice, and everything like that. But at the end, of, at the end of the day, it's his career. So who knows? Who knows what people's saying to him behind closed doors? You know what I'm saying? So, we'll yeah, I really, in my own opinion, I don't think Trevor Lawrence should go to the New York Jets. Um, I was actually speaking to. Mr. Know-It-All yesterday, and Mr. Know-It-All actually dropped a couple of tidbits that I'll go ahead and share on the podcast, but, you know, Mr. Know-It-All has some really interesting tidbits. The Dolphins, I mean, uh, the, excuse me, I'm about to say the Dolphins. The New York Jets have not had a successful year since Rex Ryan was the defensive coordinator and they had that Bart Scott-led defense. And that team with Mark Sanchez at the helm was only marginally competitive. They were never built to win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Not saying that you don't plug a guy who's Trevor Lawrence in there who's way better than Mark Sanchez is already. And that he won't dramatically change your offense, especially because um even in a COVID cap year, um the Jets will still have about eighty million in cap room and almost a hundred million next year. So they'll have tons of money both years to surround him with whatever free agents that they possibly can. But the Jets have never been a premier destination. And people have always their 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 brother or sister uh team in the Giants. Yeah. The Jets have never been a storied franchise for a long time. And I'm not talking about Mark Sanchez Day, I'm talking all the way to Broadway Joe yeah. days. And uh there's certain organizations in this league that whether it's ownership, I mean it's gotta boil down to ownership. They just they just have a bad atmosphere and a and a bad culture and a bad history. The Jets, uh, as of late, the Redskins, um, and you you can just the list can go on and on. These teams that the the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, just in, year after year, they can't get out of the top five. They can't get out of the top three of draft, and they they whiff. If you if you told me that the Panthers were would be in the top not even in the top ten for four years in a row. Wouldn't you expect that to play out? But for these for these organizations it's just it hasn't it hasn't worked. So you gotta you definitely gotta keep that in mind. And uh we'll see what happens. I mean obviously we'd love to have Trevor Lawrence in uh in Carolina but uh that's not I don't there's I don't see that happening. We have to give up uh, so much if if the only like I said the only way it would it would happen is if he publicly said I'm not playing for the New York Jets and then you know 31 other teams will be making that phone call. Absolutely. <clears throat> well, I mean that is it. Really, really sucks that we're even in this situation. To be honest, as a Panthers team, because things actually did look promising, and I figured that if somehow we were able to get into the playoffs, this Panthers team would be on such a roll that it could be a dark horse, like how those similarly uh, those similarly New York Giants teams that got into the wild card and somehow make it to the Super Bowl and even winning against the Patriots. 
I felt like that was the allure of this Panthers team. That if they were to get to the dance somehow, Christian McCaffrey's back, people can't deal with him regardless. But now you have, you know, Mike Davis is a capable guy. And then Roby Anderson and DJ Moore. Now teams are worried about how the heck you're going to stop all those guys. And now the defense is playing well. Jeremy Chin is really hitting his stride. Brian Burns is creating all types of havoc, just like a guy like O.C. Umanura did. Just like Michael Strahan did. And of course, I'm not comparing him to Michael Strahan just yet. However, I'm just saying, you start having a lot of that stuff, and you have a lot of guys like F.A. Obata, similar to a guy like a young Olivia Vernon. That's what I'm saying. Like they, that we had the makeup that if we got into the playoffs somehow, we were going to make some noise. Yeah, for sure. And uh, we kind of got to. As Panther fans, you know, emotion gets into it, obviously, and obviously, you and me, it's got it's we're we're, we're definitely diehard Panther fans, and the emotion has taken us to. But uh, we got to remember, I know I didn't pick us to win many games this year, and then when we start out zero and two, but we won three in a row, and a lot of it hasn't helped that we've been in every single game for the most part, and it just just game of, of, a few plays have taken the games from us um they got to learn how to win these these close games they yeah. they got to and it's a new team and everything like that um who knows i mean we could be we could be slapping the middle of another rebuild in two years we might if joe brady figures it out on offense who's, who's to say maybe if not this year next year he's gone and then we had to fire phil snow we don't have any and another thing is we don't have any nfl uh experience coach level personnel on our team like any he didn't Matt Rule didn't hire any NFL former NFL head coaches or defensive coordinators to put on the team both of our both of our uh coordinators have been assistants or what have you but we don't have any kind of veteran coaching leadership and at times our coaching staff has just looked lost but they'll get well I we got faith in Matt Rule we get well, that he'll get it right like you said we got mega pieces to build on we just got to add to it and uh, that kind of leads us into the twitter uh twitter poll questions and like i said twitter poll and questions if you're ready to get into it okay uh i put this one up just because like i said i was emotional (laughs) i was a little my emotions were rising and i noticed a lot of people were calling for it um i asked do you think P.J. Walker is the answer to start at quarterback for the rest of the season? You yes, do. absolutely. I don't think there's any reason to start Teddy anymore. We've seen what we can see out of Teddy. We've seen his highs. We've seen his lows. We need to evaluate Will Greer. We need to evaluate P.J. Walker. I don't want to see no more of Teddy. He's got it. He's done well, for the season. As usual, the Panther fans agree with you, and uh, it was a 72% approval rate of P.J. Walker stepping in. Now the only re- the only way you do that is you got to give PJ Walker uh, a chance to excel. No Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore's hurt. We don't know what the extent of his injuries is. So if you don't give him a full deck, you're not going to get a full evaluation. And if we're wanting to shut everybody down, I mean you can't literally shut every single player that that's good down for us because we don't have that many people on the depth chart. But you got to if you're going to evaluate PJ Walker, you got to you got to keep that in mind that he needs all the weapons that Teddy was given. And then um this wasn't this was sent uh sent to us. Uh this the rumors have been going around in media, people have been reporting that 
Taylor Moten may not be resigned by the Carolina Panthers due to the the money he's asking for. They're saying he's uh he's reportedly asking for too much money given the salary cap uh reduction for next year. What's your thoughts on that? Oh, um I I'm glad that you reported that of course guys uh stay tuned with the Prowl report because we always break breaking news uh pretty soon. And we always have a lot of good insiders that feed us a lot of good information. Um shout out to Howie Snickers and the guys over there at the Dirty Mouth Dirty Dirty Mouth of the South podcast. Um to be honest, we, we talked about it multiple times, Dave. It was always gonna be a toss up whether Taylor Moore was gonna return or not. I know me and you had said that we would like for him to return. But it seems like Mr. Know-it-all was actually right in this situation because he said that there was no way that the Panthers would even um, be able to get a good deal done for Taylor Moten. He said that his average uh, salary was expected to be somewhere upwards of $17 million. So I don't see them committing that much to one player. He deserves it, though. He's definitely worked for it. But I, I just the cap room, COVID really like stripped our cap room down. So we're missing almost like about $20 million in cap room next year. We're not going to spend it on. Uh, now there's a money. there's an interesting. Um, I might be one of the only people that have a interesting outlook about that. With Nathaniel Moten's not going to be the only free agent that's looking for big money in a in a in a COVID driven cap room. So salaries might be down. I mean, yes, it's only one year. Then salary caps going to go back up. We we would imagine. Um, who knows how long this uh, the COVID uh, pandemic happens but there's going to be a lot of a lot of free agents that would usually get re-signed this year that are probably not going to because of the cap space so we we might lose taylor moton but we might also get uh get some other people in return who knows also taylor moton is asking if he's asking for 17 million dollars a year that's left tackle money he's a he's a right tackle and he yes he is he hasn't given up a pressure in the last three or four games he's a terrific all pro right tackle. That is for sure. Um, the Panthers should have re-signed him when they re-signed Shaq Thompson. That's a flaw on Marty Herney. Everybody knows that, that listens to the Prowler Report uh, regularly. I am not a Marty Herney fan at all. He is to blame for a lot of our uh, shortcomings as for, for the Panthers. Um, I didn't like the contract he gave Shaq Thompson. They should have re-signed Taylor Moten before he came out and he and had this great season. If they could have got that done in the offseason, locked him up for an extension, it would have made more sense. And there's also some reports that they're not going to be able to re-sign uh, Curtis Samuel as well because of the COVID cap. So if, they walk, if we walk out and lose Curtis Samuel and Taylor Moten due to COVID, I mean, that's – yeah, you can, you can say that, that it's due to COVID – but they should have they should have been having some serious talks. You got to get at least one of those guys for sure. And who knows where Mike Davis ends up? He'll be a free agent. I'm sure he his price might go up just because he's had an okay year. I mean, his full body of work has been that of a backup running back. He's a backup running back in this league. Mike Davis is not a starter, but his price tag might be a little too heavy. But you got to re-sign either Curtis Samuel or Taylor Moten if you're the Carolina Panthers, because we talked about this as well. You're not going to be able to re-sign Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. They're both going to want number one wide receiver money. So you need Curtis Samuel. 
because he's a Swiss Army knife. If you can get, he's not going to get as much money as Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. He's not a number one wide receiver. He's only had one good year. He's got to prove that he's he can stay healthy. And if he asks for too much, he asks for too much. But they really need to be working on who they're going to resign. Marty Herney has been on the radio and talking to media all the time this this uh, this season, saying they don't know what the COVID uh, restrictions are going to have on the draft salary for next year. I mean, for the salary cap for next year. Now we know we actually know down to the dollar how much the reduction is going to be. So. He has no excuse not to be trying to re-sign these guys. I'm a big critic of Marty Herney, and hopefully the best move we make this offseason is getting rid of him after the NFL draft. I am off my soapbox. <laughs> no, Dave, man, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I'm really fired up when it comes to all this stuff, too. I'm very disappointed in like, how a lot of things have went this season. Um, you know, we, we have a lot of moments where people say that, you know, we're kind of agreeable, but we've disagreed a lot on a lot of different things about whether Phil Snow's the right guy or Marty Herney belongs there or even Teddy Bridgewater should be the starting quarterback. What are we going to do at draft? Are we going to mortgage it for Trevor Lawrence? There's so many toss-ups and so many different opinions that are out there in the Panther land and even amongst us on the show, you know, we're always coming up with different unique topics and thinking about all the scenarios that are possible for the Panthers. I think the best thing that's happening for us this week is a bye week. Everybody needs to just get healthy and just yeah. refocus. And our fans, we need to get mentally healthy too after after that, that big loss that we took. Um, like I said, it really puts us puts our team into perspective. We we got some good pieces, but we that's what we have. We just have good pieces. Uh, let's see if we can get some momentum going. One good thing that I've been seeing is – more Jermaine Carter Jr. Uh, praise God for that versus Tahir Whitehead. I mean, he's he's been maximizing his snaps, and our defense has gotten significantly better just putting Jermaine Carter out there. Now, is Jermaine Carter going to go out there and be a starter for the future? That's still to be determined. I think if you would put him out there earlier, you probably have a better grasp on if you need to look at middle linebacker in the draft, or you think you can roll with Jermaine Carter Jr. But for some reason. They were loyal to to hear Whitehead, and um, I don't know why. I mean, that could be, like I said, that could be one less position that you need to look like look at on a draft board if you think Jermaine Carter Jr. is the uh, middle linebacker for the next few years at least. But they have there's not enough film, I don't think. So now they're going to have to look at that too. So we'll see. Um, but that's all for the Twitter questions and Twitter polls. Uh, I would like to remind that our listeners that we always do a pregame show on Friday, but we also we're gonna we're gonna do another one this Friday, even though it is a bye week. It'll probably be more um, draft focused, and we'll 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 definitely do a little pregame of the Broncos game. Look, because uh, that's our next game. But uh, yeah, it'll probably be a little bit more draft focused. We could look at potential players for that the Panthers might draft at that five or six or whatever the current their current draft spot is on Friday. But uh, that's all I got, and uh, I'm going to throw it over to Panther Guru for his closing comments. Absolutely. Um, guys, make sure that you are listening to the Oh Hill Yeah podcast um, because we're talking a lot of really interesting things about college basketball 
and the college basketball season's heating up. So it's really interesting to talk about um, everything that the Tar Heels are going to be doing. And of course, we and of course, Carolina Dave break down the Maui Invitational. So like I said on Twitter, I'm going to say it again now. You don't want to miss the coverage that we've been giving um, to the Tar Heels as well because we go really in depth. So if you like what we do here on the Prowl Report, man, you're going to love how much Dave and I dig in to the Tar Heels. And of course, you know, Dave definitely brings the energy on that podcast just as he does here on the Prowl Report. So you're really going to love that show as well. Make sure that you're following us on all social media platforms. And that's at the Prowl Report. Make sure that you stay tuned for a lot of the stuff that we're going to be doing and talking about. And Dave, I know that we'll probably be making a lot of our, our rounds to North Carolina, South Carolina next year. Um, when the COVID and everything like that's kind of gone, we're making our rounds and doing a lot of really interesting things with the podcast. So stay tuned for that too. Tell yeah, them where to find you, Dave. For Twitter, you can find my personal account. It's at, at Carolina Dave NC. And for the Oh Hill Yeah podcast, find, find it on Twitter and Instagram at OOH underscore Hill underscore yeah with the h at the end and uh we'll wish tar hills luck in the maui invitational championship game tomorrow versus texas they as roy williams says they scared the dickens out of me today barely winning but uh we'll see we'll see how it goes and stay tuned for friday's episode of the prow report uh panther nation we love you we love the support stay tuned and keep pounding all right Absolutely. And I have one thing before we go. A word from our sponsors over at Gambix. Gambix IT is more than just any old technology firm. With the heated competition among websites, it has become increasingly challenging to impress your target audience and retain its attention. A great way to outpace your competition is to make your online platform interactive and user-friendly. It is important to track and satisfy your users' needs so that they enjoy your services. Why not do that with your friends at Gambix? who use the power of machine learning and artificial intelligence, future-proofing their entire platform and to create something that's totally unique. Let them create a custom and unique solution for you that's less than competitors at Squarespace and Wix and also costs way less than any website developer can ever create for you or quote you for. Also, they have a guarantee that they can create a website for you in just six hours or less. Can you imagine that an entire website done for you in six hours or less? Make sure you go to gambixit.com. Definitely go and check them out. They do good stuff for sure. That's all for us. Panther Nation, keep pounding. All right, man. I Dave, appreciate it. You're the man.